Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Just two games in the NHL tonight. We don't have any goals. Late in the second period, no score for the Blue Jackets and the Blues. And then later, San Jose home to Seattle. The Raptors making up some ground here against the Bulls. It is 73-76 for Chicago with 4.46 left in the third. The uh, Bulls had a 10-point lead at halftime. The uh, Super Bowl is uh, what well, it's going to be, I guess, in 12 days now. We have the conference championship games on the weekend to discuss that. And who knows what else? I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports CFL defensive back, a longtime member of the Double E, including a 2015 Grey Cup championship here in Edmonton. It is Aaron Grimes checking in. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty, pretty good. I can't complain. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. well I'm always in a better mood when uh, you come on the show because I've, I've said this several times. You delivered one of the all-time great segments in the history of me hosting this show. Uh, I believe it was three years ago-ish when you took us through a day in the life of training camp. Uh, which was one of the most. I remember that? Yeah, that that was something. I'm surprised you had time for the interview. <laughs> get, get. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> but you were very generous and detailed with your your time there, and you let everybody know uh, uh, that it's you're not coasting through training camp when you're in when you're in professional football. That's for sure. Hey, uh, I just want to touch, and I know you told a bit of the story at at the Stollery on Friday, but you were there uh, with, with a very special young friend you've made who's. Been been a stallery patient can you can you tell us about that relationship and and uh was it jace i think jace how you, know, you two have become part of each other's lives yeah his name's jace jace nervous um i met jace through cleats of strength um it was a it was an event that the team was doing with the stallery uh, children's hospital and i walked in met jace you know and you meet a lot of kids obviously playing sports now and being in the community um, but you don't meet a lot of kids that you end up, you know, still being in contact with, you know, months down the road and in and, and contact with their family. So I met Jace there. He was real shy. Um, and it was my goal to break him out of his shell. And um, apparently when we left, he told his parents to reach out to me and he'd be a little bit more talkative the next time we met. And now, you know, when I see Jace, you know, we both kind of light up and we just get after it, whether we're joking, playing around, and typically throwing a football back and forth between each other. How rewarding are these types of relationships for athletes? Because I, I've had athletes tell me as much as people might look at that and say it's a young person influenced by their athletic hero, that these can be often just as meaningful or even more inspirational for the athlete involved. I couldn't agree more, especially for a kid like Jace. I've met Jace, obviously, he's lived most of his life, you know, going in and out of the children's hospital, um, you know, with his kidney issue and all of that. And um, it puts things into perspective, right? You talk about motivation and, and looking on the brighter side of things. And that's what I get, uh, you know, when I see Jace. I would have never known that, you know, he went through all that in surgery at the age of three and to be where he is now. And um, to still be smiling. So that inspiration, you know, and then you know that there's people looking up to you. You know, you, you're doing it for a bigger reason than just yourself and your career. And um, it motivates you a little bit. Yeah, well said. Well said. Uh, I want to touch on some NFL and, uh, and other stuff with you, but let's let's deal with the, the news that came out a few weeks ago. Is that after, for you, two really tough seasons because of a knee injury, uh, the Elks did 
decide to uh, to release you. I, I don't know if you'd had word of that ahead of time, or if it just uh, you you know if the, if uh, if you were involved in saying maybe let me go somewhere else. But tell us about that. Uh, uh, you know what an athlete goes through when they get that release from a team. Yeah, for sure. You know, so in my situation, I was fortunate enough to be having conversations with the team. Um, and I know that my situation is unique, right? I'm 32 years old, and I've had a rough couple of seasons in terms of injury. Uh, my goal uh, is to leave the game healthy, and, and that goal is not going to change anytime soon. And I was looking for an opportunity to do that, you know. And um, everybody knows that Edmonton is, is where I want to retire, right? That's where I've spent most of my career, and it's, it's where I've made home for my family and I. Uh, but that wasn't the plan, you know, for the team next year. And so a very respectful conversation. Um, but, you know, once I heard that that wasn't the plan, I said, well, you know, then I, I'm going to have to look elsewhere, you know, for that plan. You know, as much as I want to stay here, I also have a goal that, that I have to accomplish as well. And, you know, uh, my kids, they want to see that happen. And um, so I'm going to do my best to make sure that I can make that happen and I can leave that game healthy and happy. Uh, how how difficult, uh, and I know we talked a little bit the last two years, but h- how tough were these uh, were these last couple of years? Uh, they were very tough, um, very tough from a professional level and from a personal level. You know, professionally, obviously, you never want to get injured, especially at this point in your career. You know, I've, do, I've played for ten years now, um, and injuries can never come at a good time. But you know, there's also worse times. I feel like and. This was one of them, you know, and then to add on to the fact that, you know, we've been 4-14 two years in a row, and you kind of feel helpless, you know, as a leader on and off the field, you know, I kind of feel helpless um, on the field because obviously I'm not out there. And then also personally, right, like I've moved my family up here so that they could watch me play football my last few years, and we can go out and right off in the sunset, you know, the way everybody wants to do it. And of course, it doesn't always go as planned, and it rarely does, so also on a personal level, right? And since I've moved my family up here, they haven't, they haven't watched me take that field yet. And I'm not going to rob them of that um, if I have any say-so with it. So I look forward to doing that for the next year. How close were you to playing last year? Because it seemed like early in the season that, that you weren't going to be out the whole year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you go into training camp and, uh, you know, I passed my physical and, um, you know, things – didn't go as planned in training camp, you know. Um, I suffered some setbacks, you know, to say the least. And, um, you know, obviously wasn't too happy about that. Um, and so I was, I rehabbed um, a setback, you know, for the first six weeks. And then, um, you know, I get out there and I actually practiced week six, you know, right before I was coming up the sixth game. And boom. You know, uh, another injury happens, you know. Um, you know, more so, I think an uh, injury just ended up getting worse. You know, I, I'm not sure it was it was quite right and ready. Um, and that was kind of the crappy part, right? I'm just, every time I felt like I was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, uh, something happened. And I was ended up needing surgery again. So, um, you know, you can't you can't control the outcome all the time. You get to control how you respond to it. So I'm trying to make sure that I respond in a in a very professional and and um a healthy way for my kids to see, you know, for Jace to see, for anybody who's watching and, and supporting and I know I've got nothing but love and support from the fans here in Edmonton, so that's always helped as well.
Yeah, right on. Well, I, yeah, I know a lot of people are hoping you're you're out there on the field again in 2024 for sure. Aaron Grimes, defensive back, joining us tonight on uh, on Inside Sports. Okay, south of the border, uh, where do you want to start? <laughs> Let's start with the Lions. Let's start okay. with the Lions. Like, is it fair that Campbell's getting criticized for some of the fourth down gambles when he did it all year, the coach of the team? I don't. I don't think it's fair. I, I think that when you're in that locker room and that's how your coach lives and that's what you've done all year and that's how he's created that culture and the environment that's got them to that point, I don't think you change who you are You know, in that moment. Hindsight's always going to be 2020. But if Dan Campbell was my coach and that's how he's lived his philosophy the last three years, I know that if I was on the sideline, I'd be you know, whispering under my breath, man, just go for it. Why not? I, well, I like how you put that, and I also thought this is the like you said, hindsight's twenty twenty. That's probably the fun thing more about football than any other sport because everything comes down to a, you know, there's always a definitive play that lasts, you know, three to seven seconds or whatever. I, I also thought, Aaron, and I'm going to tie this back to your 2015 championship team here. You guys won ten in a row, and when there were big moments in games, you guys almost always won those moments. And I thought the Detroit Lions lost a lot of big moments in the second half that had nothing to do with coaching. Drop passes, open receivers dropping passes, Goff missing a throw or two, fumbles. Like to me, and I'm not trying to let the coach off the hook, but to me the the players kind of didn't answer the bell in, in that big moment when the when the Niners were pushing. I couldn't agree more. And that could be, you know, where you look at two teams, you know, and you look at great teams and great teams find a way to win. And those teams that are young and not as experienced in those big moments, they find a way to lose. Just like you said, you got the fumble, obviously that resulted in points. You've got the interception that went off a guy's helmet that ended up, you know, being a touchdown for the Niners. You had a lot of big, you know, a lot of, I think it was third and maybe even fourth down drops. Uh, by some receivers. There's a lot of moments in that game that could have went the Lions' way that didn't, and I think those were more impactful than choosing to go for it on fourth down. Uh, The other game, a lot of mistakes by the Ravens, fumble at the goal line. Um, I'm going to ask you this as a a professional player, and and, you know you you get to play on the edge sides. When you saw that receiver uh, take the the taunting penalty, I'm just wondering as... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, were you were you like, okay, he's fired up, or were you more like, come on, man, you got to keep it under control? Uh, I've I seen both sides of it. You know, if I was on the sideline and I was my teammate, um, I'd be like, ah, man, you, obviously you hurt us there. But also, watching the game as a spectator, I don't think he crossed the line. Yeah, yeah he stood over him, but, it, uh, you know, and he was talking trash. I just think sometimes that's part of the game, and it didn't get to a point where, there was pushing and shoving or you know and obviously I wasn't there I don't know what kind of words were being said but to stand up spin the ball and look down at the opponent I mean he's letting them know I got you I did I won that rep and I'm coming back for it another time and you shouldn't get penalized for that in my opinion oh interesting well you've probably been on both sides of that too right <laughs> 100% I've been flagged for it and I've had somebody do it to me and as a competitor I don't get mad I mean I do get mad at that player I don't think he should be penalized for it I just know 
he better accept the same thing when I do it to him next. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Your next one you pick off, he's going to hear about it for sure. Okay. Aaron Grimes joining us on Inside Sports. Let's, uh, well, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here for, uh, for this is going to be the first prediction on Inside Sports because most guests are going to have to do it over the next two weeks. Uh, you got the Niners, to me, just a big, fast team. They've had to come back in both of their playoff victories. The Chiefs, who are, you know, they've now become obviously a perennial contender. What do you think happens in the Super Bowl? I think that the Chiefs end up pulling it out. I think we talked about just a second ago. They're really good teams finding ways to win football games. And there was a lot of times this year where even myself, we wanted to say, you know, have the Chiefs lost it? Are they missing one playmaker? This, that, and the other. But then they get out there. They still have Andy Reid. They still have Patrick Mahomes. And they still got Travis Kelsey. And also a phenomenal defense right now. They're firing on all cylinders. Patrick Mahomes always gives you a chance to win the football game. I think they're going up against a very talented 49ers team. But in those big moments, I think the great teams find a way to win. And my prediction is that Kansas City remains a great team and they find a way to win. Okay. Aaron, you remain a great guest and you're welcome on the show anytime. Thanks, of course, for sharing the, uh, the the tough part of the last two years with the injury and stuff, but uh, the positive side is what a great Edmontonian you've become. Uh, you're working in the community. Jace from the Staller became your friend, and I know you've influenced a lot of other people as well through your hard work and your dedication. So thank you for that, and uh, all the best in the upcoming year, both in life and in football, my friend. Man, Reed, I appreciate you. You always make me sound better than I actually am. I, I truly appreciate you, and I love being on this show. So anytime. Right on. That is Aaron Grimes checking in tonight on Inside Sports. And we have our first Super Bowl prediction for the game in almost two weeks. He's going with Kansas City. Kellen, we'll do that next week, eh, where we take yeah. listeners. So don't start writing in your predictions tonight, everybody. Yes, absolutely. We'll do all those. Uh, I, guess, I guess we'll have to do them next Thursday because we'll have a hockey game on the Friday, right? Right, exactly. So the final show, the final Inside Sports before the Super Bowl will be next Thursday. So that's the one yeah. we will do lister predictions, send in the score yeah. and, and and something else about the game. That I can't even say send in your Pro Bowl predictions because they went and they changed the Pro Bowl up this year. It's a skills competition. Yeah, the Pro right? Bowl <laughs> is now different as well. I, th- I thought they did that before with the Pro Bowl. They changed it up. Or maybe uh, they, they did, did flag yeah. football. But anyway, yeah, All-Star Games are trying to do different things to, uh, uh, to keep people interested for sure. Great to have Aaron Grimes on the show. Uh, I mean, excellent uh, play. I mean, look, he, I'll say this. He wants to keep playing and I hope he keeps playing if he doesn't it's it's a great career nonetheless and he was a huge part of the of the 2015 championship team uh, championship team for sure he's uh, he's awesome to talk to 7804960063 we'll uh, catch up on some of your messages next <laughs> Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Oil Kings in action tonight on the road against Lethbridge. No score after the first period. The update there for Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Raptors have pulled ahead now, leading the Bulls 93-89 with 10:39 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, we're going to have Luke Gazdick on the show tomorrow, and we'll tell you about the 50th 
Triprov basketball tournament that tips off at uh, Harry Ainley in a couple of days. It'll be a special segment there. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Well, first of all, Kellen, how are you doing? I am doing great. It's, it's amazing outside. I don't know if you spent much yeah. time outside today. It's just it's, oh, it's, I, like it's I, March already. I spent the majority of the day outside sunbathing. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no, I, no, people want to reopen their patios already and that stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's unreal. So. Uh, what is it? It's like plus, my phone says it's plus four. I guess we'll get the temperature from uh, James Dunn. Is James doing the news? Who's doing the news? It's, it's James doing the news. Hey, James, how are you? He can't hear you. He can't hear me. He doesn't yeah. like talking to me anyway. 7804960063. Let's do some messages before we go. Well, here are people that can hear you, and they've decided to text in and uh, give some uh, thoughts on the show tonight. Like Dean, he heard you and said, For the longest time, I never knew what to think of Kelly Rudy. Grew up always knowing he was a great goaltender, but in the last few years, I read his book, and I've been listening to him contribute to Inside Sports, and i got to tell you, the guy wears his emotions on his sleeve. Tells you how it is, and I really enjoy his perspective and insight site it's much appreciated that is from dean uh well thank you dean yeah well kelly has been a regular guest on inside sports since stan was hosting it so yeah he's been on a while kelly is very on and the one thing i've liked about kelly is he will not just say oh you know being an athlete is wonderful and it's all perfect now he enjoyed being a pro athlete but there's been times where he said hey I didn't enjoy that season. I didn't enjoy that coach. There, there, or there was something rotten about the team I was on that year. And he wasn't shy today to say, "Hey, I wanted to play in the All Star." And hey, he, he's a pro athlete. He was a pro athlete. It was his job to compete and to try to be the best. So really, if he had the goal of being in an All Star game, okay. On one hand, and he kind of admitted this. Could you say that's a little selfish? Sure. But the better Kelly Rudy is playing. <laughs> the, the better his team would be playing because he plays a very important position. But thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of texts along the same line here too, but I'll start with Marks just because it's a little bit uh, wordy or wordier, I should say. Uh, he says, "Reed, it is an absolute joke that a guy like Zach Hyman could not get into the All Star game this year, and yet we're looking at uh, people voting in free Vancouver Canucks and four Toronto Maple Leafs. Just an absolute shambles." That's from Mark. Well, I agree. Hyman should be. In the All Star Game, I would also, I guess, I I would say to Mark, maybe if Mark and I could sit down over nachos, we could come up with a system. What's the best way for picking players? There's always probably somebody who's uh, who could feel jilted, or that team's, or the fan base for that guy's team could feel jilted. Having said that, to me, Zach Hyman should have been an obvious selection for the All-Star game. Mm. And another one that came in and made me chuckle, uh, kind of along the same lines, too, about the the Hyman All-Star snub, says, Reed, if I wanted to see that much Canucks and that much Leafs on the ice on a Saturday night, I'd actually pay attention to the Canucks and Leafs games on Saturday night. (laughs) Well, didn't they just, when were they just on Hockey Night in Canada? They played each other, I think, recently, did they not? Uh, which day was it? Was it the day of the Oilers and the Flames? I think so, yeah. It was Hockey Day, yeah. yeah. I think it was. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that was a week, about a week and a half ago. It's all a bit of a blur now. But they were, yeah, because it was a 5 o'clock. It was an early game. Even it though was, it was, yes. It was in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they'll play in the Stanley Cup final. There's a nightmare for everybody. <sighs> <laughs> Don't start. I was like, well, I thought that's where the text was going. But no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, Joel texts in and says, Reed, just caught the uh, tail end of the show. Just wondering if you talked about the CHL player being el- eligible to play in the NCAA. And if so, what do you think happens to the junior A? hockey in Alberta and Canada. That's from Joel. Uh, the, the CHL player? 
I, I must have missed that. I'm sorry. The Junior A stuff, well, it's still ongoing as far as I know. Uh, certainly if those AJ teams join the BCHL and the league continues to thrive without Hockey Canada authorization and they get players drafted, uh, that's, a, that's a massive change for the junior hockey. It, it, the, now, the BCHL is not going to take over the CHL, but it's going to be obviously the top junior A team and league in North America. Hmm. I, I'm sorry if I misunderstood that text, but that's that's what I'll say. There we go. And we'll leave it with a quick one from Dave. Text again says, can't wait to hear Luke Gazdick on the show. We'll catch you guys later. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, Luke will be on tomorrow. Just uh, quickly, has anybody scored yet? No. Early in the second period, Blue Jackets and Blues are scoreless. Blues have won five in a row, so they try to keep their winning streak going. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. 